The reading today is taken from John 17, verses 6 to 19, and it's on page 1024 of the Church Bible. Jesus prays for his disciples. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you've given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all that you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now. But I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we have just heard of your prayer for the disciples while you were here on earth, and as we celebrate the fact that you are now ascended, you are with God, continuing that ministry of intercession for us today. May we be encouraged, knowing that you are with us always. Amen. So as you can imagine, this has been quite a week for us as a family, so thank you very much for welcoming that news. Um, I just got an email from uh, my future church warden <laughs> uh, last night, and it was a very kind email because um, in it, Ruth um, said, um, it's often and it's always a mixed feeling. Of course, we are um, rejoicing and looking forward to that next chapter uh, in our lives, but of course, it is going to be very difficult for us to leave uh, this church it's been such a wonderful journey, and you've been so kind to us, uh, kind to me, very patient uh, when I use the wrong word instead of uh, alcohol-free when I say free alcohol. Uh, so you've laughed, and uh, you've been so gracious to us, and, um, and I'm 
of course, uh, and the family have been so grateful to Steve Konis and the way he has helped us grow in that role um, and to you in that time of vacancy. Um, so it's, it has been a great journey and it's going to be difficult um, to leave, but more of that uh, in due time, um, all, all our gratitude and our words of thanks. So it is fit, I think, that we look at prayer. Um, and in this period, the church is very much into prayer. So started from um, last Thursday when we celebrate it's the ascension of Jesus, which is very much um, the reality that Jesus now is not with us on earth anymore, but actually he is in the, at a better place. He is now at the right hand of God, which is the closest you can be from, to God, uh, in, and he's still ministering to us. And so those words that we're going to look in Jesus' prayers are just kind of the prototype of what Jesus is still doing for us today. And that's a great encouragement. And so in this period of between uh, the Ascension Thursday and the coming celebration of Pentecost, uh, the church, the diocese in particular, and the church as a whole, um, has those two initiatives. One is called the Novena, and you have a little booklet like this. If you haven't taken a booklet like this yet, they are at the back uh, of the church. When the, the, the service finish, please take one, um, and you will have... Um, a mixture of uh, uh, a word for the day, a thought for the day, and a useful prayer. And this is part of uh, a bigger initiative, which is called Thy Kingdom Come. And there is a great website if you just type Thy Kingdom Come, and all kind of resources. But I've printed a few of them, um, how to pray for five of your friends during those ten days, uh, and also what kind of activities, prayer activities, you might want to do as a family. Um, so they are also at the back. But let's uh, watch a little um, video from the diocese. Jesus ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. A novena is a traditional prayer of nine days between Pentecost and Ascension, when Christ's disciples prayed constantly. Once again in 2018, you can be part of a global movement of prayer using the Novena materials produced by the Diocese of Canterbury. In 2018, our Novena theme is Changed Lives, Changing Lives, and we are working with Christian artist Ian Pentney. Art and scripture create a space for God to speak to us afresh. Our encounters with God change us. How do our transformed lives change the world? May God bless you as you change the world and in changing it, you are changed by the Holy Spirit. Join with us in our prayer this novena. Come Holy Spirit. Thy kingdom come. So I encourage you to visit that uh, well-made website of Thy Kingdom Come. And it's really all about having life change through the practice of prayer through growing in our prayer life. And as we are changed, we are then uh, better equipped to changing lives around us, to be those witnesses. And that's what we're going to concentrate as we look at the prayer of Jesus. We're going to concentrate on two areas. One is that Jesus is still interceding for our protection, and Jesus is interceding for our oneness, oneness with him and with one another so that we can be better 
witness. So in our reading, we learn about Jesus praying, interceding for his disciples and for all those who would come to believe through their testimonies. And that, of course, includes us today. It's often called the priestly prayer or the shepherd's prayer because Jesus, as our priest, is now representing us before God. And as our shepherd, he is praying for our ongoing protection, praying to keep us united to God and to one another by keeping us in the truth and ultimately to bring us safely into God's good future for us, for his church, and for his whole world. I have a little picture here. As you can see, if you try, there's lots actually in this prayer of uh, Jesus in John 17, and we can't do it all. So that's why I want to concentrate on those two areas of, if we get to the next one, um, Jesus prayed for our protection, and Jesus prayed for our unity or our oneness. Jesus pray for our protection. If you have your Bibles open, look at verse 11. And there it says, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. And then verse 12, while I was with them, I protected them. I guarded them and not one of them was lost. And then the verse that you have here on the screen, I am not asking you to take them out of this world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. And I said this is a kind of a prototype because during Jesus' ministry on earth, he did keep his disciples safe. They had come to know the truth about Jesus. In their time, they called him the Messiah, the one who was to come the one God sent to initiate his plans of salvation, his rescue plan for the whole world. But Jesus also knew that the time is now coming when they will be quite disturbed in their faith. Because although he had said in the past, you know, I am, yes, I am the one that was to come. I am the Messiah, but not really the Messiah you still think about. I am going to be handed over. I'm going to suffer, and ultimately I'm going to die. And that was going to be a challenge for their faith. And so Jesus here prays that they will be kept safe. Their faith was going to be shaken by what was going to happen to Jesus, his arrest, his condemnation, his crucifixion, and ultimately his death on the cross. And I think similarly in our lives, our faith can be shaken by circumstances. It can be a sudden illness, a depression, the loss of a job, the prospect of a move, a sudden death around us. And it's reassuring to know that Jesus prays today for our protection. And the kind of protection he prays is, is not that our circumstances will be smooth, and although I like the prayer that the transition for us will be smooth, it might not be. And that's fine when we know that Jesus prays for my protection. So he says in this passage, I'm not asking you to take them away from the world or away from their circumstances, away from their challenges, 
but I am praying that you will keep them safe. And so that's the assurance that no matter how difficult, how painful, even how horrible a journey can be, He will get us through it. He will get you and He will get me through those difficult moments. And there is a very helpful book um, called Just That. You will get through this by an author called Max uh, Lucado. And what he does, he goes through the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. And there he says, Joseph was tossed in a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery, wrongfully imprisoned, forgotten and dismissed. He shows how his Old Testament story is in the Bible for this very simple reason, to teach us to trust God, to defeat and trump evil. And so he writes, You fear you won't make it through. We all do. We fear that the depression will never lift. The yelling will never stop. The pain will never leave. In the pits, like Joseph. Surrounded by steep walls and aching reminders, we wonder, will this grey sky ever brighten, this load ever lighten? Deliverance, he says, is to the Bible what jazz music is to Mardi Gras. We're grateful that there is a French word there, just, you know, Mardi Gras. Have you ever translated that Mardi Gras? Do you have an English translation for that? No, Mardi Gras, that's it. It's like Bon Appetit. You don't have anything for Bon Appetit. No. I feel so much better now. You know? At least I have a reason to live. I've provided you with two words. Mardi and Bon Appetit. Well, a few more words. But it says, Deliverance is to the Bible what jazz music is to Mardi Gras. Bold, brassy, and everywhere. And so the author reminds us that God doesn't promise doesn't promise that getting through trials will be quick or painless, but using that story, he shows that God will make it with us. He will trump evil. He will get us through. And when it's something that affects the whole church, like a vacancy, he will get you through. Jesus is now at the right hand of God, and he prays for us. He prays for our protection, and he will keep us safe. And just as he did not lose any of his disciples here on earth during his ministry, he will not lose any of us who have come to him since his ascension. So first, Jesus prays for our protection. And then secondly, if we can get to the next one, Jesus pray, prays for our oneness. Because by being one, or closer to God and being one with one another, oneness is our witness. Oneness is our witness. We haven't read that verse because we stopped at verse 19, but if you still have your Bibles open, verse 20, it says, I ask not only on behalf of these, that were the disciples, but also on behalf of all those who will believe in me through their words, that's us, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I, I am in you. 
May there also be in us, so that the world may believe, that's the witness, that you have sent me, I in them, and you in me. And so Jesus was praying for the emerging Christian community, for the new believers and the believers through all ages, that they will be united with the same kind of unity that exists between the Son and the Father. Just thinking of that is quite astonishing. That's God's purpose, that we will be more and more one with Jesus and so one with one another. But what does it mean to be one with Jesus? Well, Jesus needed to be one with his Father to accomplish his work perfectly. We read that in a little bit early in the Gospel, in John 5, he says, The Son can do nothing of his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. And so it was this very close relationship with the Father that enabled Jesus to speak and act in perfect harmony with the will of the Father. And that's the challenge now that Jesus gives us. And he gives us a helper, the Holy Spirit. Jesus' work on earth has been accomplished, but he has handed over that work to us now. He has left us with work to do, to continue to implement his work of salvation in our lives. That means by the way we live, the way we express values, the way we relate to one another, the way we apply the reality of Jesus being Lord, and also in the life of the church. And the truth is that we often fail. And that's fine. We're all growing. We're all learning. It shouldn't stop us to want to continue to move forward. Because each time you get closer to Jesus, we get closer to his thoughts and his plans and his purposes. And so we get closer to actually do what he would like us to do and think the way he would like us to think. And this is a challenge, and I think this is why the church wisely opened this season to prayer, because it all starts with prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, we say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, where? On earth, as it is in heaven. We are now his instruments to bring about the perfect reality of heaven on earth. That's salvation. That's his rescue plan. He has chosen you and me to be a signpost, to be an instrument, to be the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears, as if Jesus was now still here, through you, in you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Someone very wise said, well, how do we pray? And you will find that in one of those two books. I don't know which page, or maybe you have to buy both books and try to find out yourself. But there you will find, someone said, pray as you can, not as you can't. Is that wise? Is that so wise? Pray as you can, not as you can't. And they give some, uh, some uh, very useful tips of how to grow in, in our lives of prayer. For example, speak to God through your day. That's prayer. When you wake up and you smell the coffee, you can say, thank you, God, for coffee or tea. Most probably it's your tea. Very soon, I heard, by moving to Somerset, we're going to uh, enjoy cider. 
So there we go. So we say thank you, Somerset, for cider. And I know it's going to be great with nature and birds and the sea, but we can be grateful as we see our world around us. We can say thank you, God. Thank you, God, in, on Monday morning when the big truck comes and gets my uh, bins. Thank you for them. Thank you for their service. I pray when there is an ambulance going by, I pray for the people in the ambulance. God bless them, protect them. Use whatever happens through your day, the good and the bad. Maybe in the morning you wake up and you say, oh, I had a great night. Or maybe you said, oh, that was horrible. Please help me. That's a prayer. Praying through your day. Praying through your reading of scripture or your reading of a good Christian book. As you read, you can start a conversation with God. And it can be, God, I find this passage very difficult. I don't understand. Oh God, thank you. This, this psalm is such a great psalm. It helps me praise you and you can start praising God. Use the Lord's Prayer. Every sentence, pause as a prayer. Join a group, a cell group, an activity, and um, there will be prayer with one another and for one another. And that's a great place to learn to grow in our prayer. Meet another Christian. Maybe you have a good Christian friend. And maybe say, let's meet once a month. Let's have a coffee. And then let's go and pray with one another. It's through the habit of prayer that we become more in tune with God, His character and His plans for us and for the whole church. And being one with God doesn't mean that you will lose your personality or your individuality. Actually, you will become more truly who God has created you. So to conclude, Jesus was, the per was perfectly in the Father so that everything he did and said reflected what the Father was about to do and say. And this is how Jesus in this prayer said, I have glorified you by making you known on earth. And so this is how we are now called, to glorify him by reflecting God into our world by being and growing into being more one with him with his thoughts and his plans and his desire by making him know by speaking his words and by performing his actions so let's start with prayer and at the back you will get the novena and you'll get some of what you can find on the thy kingdom come so this is praying for five friends there we go and there's a short prayer at the back and then this is for families you have a, a, an easy one and a more challenging one but it's all kind of fun that you can do uh, with your children as families so for example today is day three small pack of sweets there you go as you share the sweets with your family say a prayer of thanks for all the wonderful things you have light a tea candle and pray for five people is that not simple that's simple and I think sweets is always welcome. So won't have any problems to pray with your children when sweets are around. So there we go. So that's at the back. So let's pray. Let's start with prayer. And let's take comfort in the reality that Jesus is now at the right hand of God. Praying, interceding for us. And so in the words of the Apostle Paul, and we will drop the last video, we're just going to finish here. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely 
And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who has called you is faithful and he will do it. Amen.